Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, aka the Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at the Gratitude Chick for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. everyone and welcome back to another episode of your reading corner with the gratitude chick so as you guys remember we are reading the power of awareness by neville goddard we are on chapter number 12 so um as i told you guys last time i am reading this book as a part of a compilation book called the complete reader and I don't know when this book ends, so we're just going to ride this thing out. But the chapters are short, so each episode will probably have at least three chapters. So we are on chapter number 12. It's called Subjective Control. Your imagination is able to do all that you ask in proportion to the degree of your attention. All progress, all fulfillment of desire depend upon the control and concentration of your attention. Attention may be either attracted from without or directed from within. Attention is attracted from without when you're consciously occupied with the external impressions of the immediate present. The very lines of this page are attracting your attention from without. Your attention is directed from within when you deliberately choose what you will be preoccupied with mentally. It is obvious that in the objective world, your attention is not only attracted by, but is constantly directed to external impressions. So basically, what I am getting here is that our attention is focused two different ways. It is on things that we allow to distract us externally, like television, radio, drama, um, you know, think anything that sits outside of us, and then internally things that we can control and where we allow our mind to focus on. That is what I'm getting. But your control in the subjective state is almost non-existent, for in this state, attention is usually the servant and not the master the passenger and not the navigator of your world. There is an enormous difference between attention directed objectively and attention directed subjectively. And the capacity to change your future depends on the latter. When you are able to control the movements of your attention in the subjective world, you can modify or alter your life as you please. But this control cannot be achieved if you allow your attention to be attracted constantly from without. And I I definitely agree with that. I think that most people don't realize that you have the power to control where your attention goes because as you guys I'm sure have heard by now, energy um, flows where attention goes. So if you're putting your energy on a lot of things that are without things that you can't control that's where your energy is flowing but if you can control where your attention goes then your energy is flowing in that direction 
So if your energy, excuse me, if your attention is focused on gratitude, if it is focused on focused on positive thinking, if it is focused on love and joy and happiness, that is where your energy is flowing. If your energy is focused on the fact that you're not feeling well, then that is where your energy is going. Right now, today, I woke up not feeling the greatest. You know, sometimes gastritis can, you know, zap your energy and you just feel blah. And so I woke up today feeling blah and I didn't have the greatest night's sleep. So my energy has been going towards my attention and my attention has been on the fact that I don't feel good. So my energy is being pulled and 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 sucked into the fact that I don't feel good. So now my goal is to change that and pull my energy into the fact that I am healthy. I am healthy. And this is what I've been telling myself since I realized, girl, get it together. <laughs> you are healthy. And start keep telling yourself, the more I affirm that I am healthy, the more the energy flows to the fact that I am healthy. So I just thought I would say that. Each day as you set, I'm sorry, each day set yourself the task of deliberately withdrawing your attention from the objective world and of focusing it subjectively. In other words, concentrate on those thoughts or moods which you deliberately determine. Then those things that now restrict you will fade and drop away. The day you achieve control of the movements of your attention and in the subjective world, you are the master of your fate. You will no longer accept the dominance of outside conditions or circumstances. You will not accept life on the basis of the world without. Having achieved control of the movements of your attention and having discovered the mystery hid from the ages, that Christ in you is your imagination. You will assert the supremacy of imagination and put all things in subjection to it. And that is chapter 12. So let's keep going to chapter 13. It is called acceptance. Man's perceptions are not bounded by organs of perception. He perceives more than sense, though ever so acute, can discover. However much you seem to be living in a material world, you are actually living in a world of imagination. The outer physical events of life are the fruit of forgotten blossom times, results of previous and usually forgotten states of consciousness. They are the ends running true to oftentimes forgotten imaginative origins. Whenever you become completely absorbed in an emotional state, you are at the moment assuming the feeling of the state fulfilled. Wow, I have to stop and say this because sometimes when I daydream and it's not, it's, it's, it's a recurring daydream, okay? And it's been recurring for years and years and years. And... It is me looking. Of course, it's not a visualization because I'm looking at the daydream like television. And sometimes it gets me so emotional that I pour emotion into it. And I think this is what he's talking about. And if I can completely absorb in my in that emotional state, but put myself in it, 
There's nothing that I can't be, do, or have. And that is what I am working on, turning my daydreams into visualizations. So I'm going to repeat that. Whenever you become completely absorbed in an emotional state, you are at that moment assuming the feeling of the state fulfilled. If persisted in whatsoever you are intensely emotional about, you will experience in your world. These periods of absorption of concentrated attention are the beginnings of the things you harvest. It is in such moments that you are exercising your creative power, the only creative power there is. At the end of these periods or moments of absorption, you speed from these imaginative states where you have not been physically to where you were physically an instant ago. In these periods, the imagined state is so real that when you return to the objective world and find that it is not the same as the imagined state, it is an actual shock. You have seen something in imagination with such vividness that you now wonder whether the evidence of your senses can now be believed. And like Keats, you ask, was it a vision or a waking dream? Fled is that music, do I wake or sleep? This shock reverses your time sense. By this is meant that instead of your experience resulting from your past, it now becomes the result of being in imagination where you have not yet been physically. In effect, this moves you across a bridge of incident to the physical realization of your imagined state. So basically, he is saying that when you put emotion into your your visualization and while you're seeing yourself imagining this world that you want for yourself and you're actually experiencing the world not not viewing it because there is a difference when you're viewing something that is your daydream but when you're actually in it experiencing it as yourself you can feel it and touch it and you have emotions because you're experiencing the sensations of it that is a visualization and he's basically saying oftentimes when the visualization is so strong because you've invoked so many emotions into it when you come out of it you are shocked that it wasn't like your reality that you're living right now that is what he's saying and the more that you're in that imagined state the more that you are bridging that imagined state to your reality and making them one the man who at will can assume whatever state he pleases has found the keys to the kingdom of heaven the keys are desire imagination and a steadily focused attention on the feeling of the wish fulfilled to such a man any undesirable objective fact is no longer a reality and the ardent wish no longer a dream prove me now herewith said the lord of hosts if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Malachi 3.10 The windows of heaven may not be opened and the treasures seized by a strong will, but they open of themselves and present their treasures as a free gift, a gift that comes when absorption reaches such a degree that it results in a feeling of complete acceptance. The passage from your present state to the feeling of your wish fulfilled is not across a gap. There is a continuity between the so-called real and unreal. 
to cross from one state to the other, you simply extend your feelers, trust your touch, and enter fully into the spirit of what you are doing. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. Assume the spirit, the feeling of the wish fulfilled, and you will have opened the windows to receive the blessing. To assume a state is to get into the spirit of it. Your triumphs will be a surprise only to those who did not know your hidden passage from the state of longing to the assumption of the wish fulfilled. The Lord of hosts will not respond to your wish until you have assumed the feeling of already being what you want to be. For acceptance is the channel of his action. Acceptance is the Lord of hosts in action. That's pretty deep. I have never thought about that. Of course, that verse in Malachi um, comes right after um, the verse that says, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house and prove. Then it goes into prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. So that I, I never thought of it in this way. Now, I do believe that um, definitely imagination unlocks a lot of stuff, you know, Um, because to me, part of believing is that you have already imagined that what you want already exists. And in order to believe and have that knowing, you have to have imagined it at some point. So if I connect those dots, then yes, I am here with him. Because the Bible tells us that if we believe, we can have anything that we want if we just believe. I mean, he says you could just have, you know, faith as little as a mustard seed. And you can say to this mountain, you know, move over here and be cast into the sea. You know what I mean? So he, the the Bible basically is saying the same thing. And if you believe that imagination is part of belief, then yes. And to me, in order for me to believe that I can get what I want, I have had to imagine it at some point. How do you get to desire? How do you get to, you know, something that you want? At a certain point, you have had to imagine yourself with it, right? You have had to conjure it up from somewhere. So that is the reason why I definitely believe that part is because belief plays a major role in God blessing us, right? And in order to get to believing that that this is what I want, I had to have imagined it. So that is why I, I had to stop and connect those dots to make sure of what of my belief connected to what I just read. So that was chapter 13. This is chapter 14. It is called The Effortless Way. The principle of least action governs everything in physics from the path of a planet to the path of a pulse of light. Least action is the minimum of energy multiplied by the minimum of time. Therefore, in moving from your present state to the state desired, you must use the minimum of energy and take the shortest possible time. Your journey from one state of consciousness to another is a psychological one. So to make the journey, you must employ the psychological equivalent of least action. And the psychological equivalent is mere assumption. 
the day you fully realize the power of assumption, you discover that it works in complete conformity with this principle. It works by means of attention minus effort. Thus, with least action through an assumption, you hurry without haste and reach your goal without effort. Because creation is finished, what you desire already exists. It is excluded from view because you can see only the contents of your own consciousness. That is deep. That is really deep. Now, we already know creation has been done for years, thousands of years. So there's nothing that you want that doesn't already exist, right? Everything is energy. Energy is here. It cannot be created or destroyed. It just moves. So what you want already exists, right? So basically what he is saying is that basically I, I feel like he's saying there is no while there is no time limit or get on getting to the goal that you want or the desire that you want, you can basically hurry to your goal through an assumptive belief. And this is what I was telling you guys about the law of assumption and how if you the more that you build your assumption it becomes your belief um a belief happens when you focus on something for a long enough time when something you um is affirmed to you enough it becomes your belief but while it's being affirmed it is your assumption so it is my assumption that i'm a multimillionaire. that is my assumption the more that I affirm that I am a multimillionaire, it becomes my belief. And what I believe comes into my reality. So I call it um, an assumptive belief because it, it is something that I am go, you know, turning from my assumption to my belief. So anyway, because creation is finished, what you desire already exists. It is excluded from view because you can see only the contents of your own consciousness. It is the function of an assumption to call back the excluded view and restore full vision. It is not the world, but your assumptions that change. An assumption brings the invisible into sight. It is nothing more nor less than seeing with the eye of God, i.e. imagination. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh at the heart. The heart is the primary organ of sense. Hence, the first cause of experience. When you look on the heart, you are looking at your assumptions. Assumptions determine your experience. Watch your assumption with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Assumptions have the power of objective realization. Every event in the visible world is the result of an assumption or idea in the unseen world. The present moment is all important for it is only in the present moment that our assumptions can be controlled. The future must become the present in your mind if you would wisely operate the law of assumption. The future becomes the present when you imagine that you already are what you will be when your assumption is fulfilled. Be still, least action rather, and know that you are that which you desire to be. Be still and know that you are that 
which you desire to be. So I'm going to be still and know that I am a best-selling author. That is what I desire to be. I am going to be still and know that I am a the top podcast host in the nation. That is what I desire to be. Those two things are what I desire to be. I am going to be still and know that I am a world traveler. That is who I desire to be. Those three things. Awesome. The end of longing should be being. Translate your dream into being. Perpetual construction of future states without the consciousness of already being them. That is picturing your desire without actually assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled is the fallacy and mirage of mankind. So it is simply futile daydreaming. And that's, I was just about to say that it's literally what he's saying is it's a waste of time to daydream because you are what, what you're wanting, you're putting in your daydream, but you're not experiencing the feeling of the wish fulfilled. So when you put it in your daydream, it is literally a lie. It's a mirage. And it's a waste of time. It really is. And because it is such a um, something that I've been doing for so long, it is now why I am trying my best to turn my daydreams into visualizations. Because I have a daydream down pat, including emotions. So if I could just inject myself into the daydream, my life would be so much better, literally. So that was chapter 14. We're going to go ahead to chapter 15. It is called The Crown of the Mysteries. The assumption of the wish fulfilled is the ship that carries you over the unknown seas to the fulfillment of your dream. The assumption is everything. Realization is subconscious and effortless. Assume a virtue if you have have it not. Act on the assumption that you already possess that which you sought. Blessed is she that believed, for therefore, I'm sorry, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. As the Immaculate Conception is the foundation of the Christian mysteries, so the Assumption is their crown. Psychologically, the Immaculate Conception means the birth of an idea in your own consciousness, unaided by another. For instance, when you have a specific wish or hunger or longing, it is an immaculate conception in the sense that no physical person or thing plants it in your mind. It is self-conceived. Every man is the Mary of the immaculate conception and birth to his idea must give. I don't really like that, but you know, I get what he's saying. The assumption is the crown of the mysteries because it is the highest use of consciousness. When in imagination you assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled, you are mentally lifted up to a higher level. When through your persistence, this assumption becomes actual fact, you automatically find yourself on a higher level. That is, you have achieved your desire in your objective world. Your assumption guides all your conscious and subconscious movements towards its suggested end, so inevitably, that it actually dictates the events. The drama of life is a psychological one and the whole of it is written and produced by your assumptions. 
Learn the art of assumption for only in this way can you create your own happiness. And that was chapter 15. These chapters literally are two pages long. Like, it's crazy. So, chapter 16 is personal impotence. Self-surrender is essential, and by that is meant the confession of personal impotence. I can, of mine own self, do nothing. Since creation is finished, it is impossible to force any, anything into being. The example of magnetism previously given is a good illustration. You cannot make magnetism, it can only be displayed. You cannot make the law of magnetism if you want to build a magnet. You can do so only by conforming to the law of magnetism. In other words, you're surrendered, you surrender yourself or yield to the law. In like manner, when you use the faculty of assumption, you are conforming to a law just as real as the law governing magnetism. You can neither create nor change the law of assumption. It is in this respect that you are impotent. You can only yield or conform, and since all of your experiences are the result of your assumptions, consciously or unconsciously, the value of consciously using the power of assumption surely must be obvious. Willingly identify yourself with that which you most desire, knowing that it will find expression through you. Yield to the feeling of the wish fulfilled and be consumed as its victim, then rise as the prophet of the law of assumption. And that's chapter 16. That was literally like two minutes that we read. Okay, so chapter 17, we're going to keep going. All things are possible. It is of great significance that the truth of the principle outlined in this book have been proven time and again by the personal experiences of the author. Throughout the past 25 years, he has applied these principles and proved them successful in innumerable instances. He attributes to an unwavering assumption of his wish already being fulfilled every success that he has achieved. He was confident by these fixed assumptions, his desires were predestined to be fulfilled. Time and again, he assumed the feeling of his wish fulfilled and continued in his assumption until that which he desired was completely realized. Live your life in a sublime spirit of confidence and determination. Disregard appearances, conditions, in fact, all evidence of your senses that deny the fulfillment of your desire. Rest in the assumption that you are already what you want to be. For in that determined assumption, you and your infinite being are merged in creative unity. And with your infinite being, God, all things are possible. God never fails. For who can stay his hand or say unto him, what doest thou? Through the mystery of your assumptions, you are in very truth enabled to master life. It is thus that the ladder of life is ascended. Thus, the ideal is realized. The clue to the real purpose of life is to surrender yourself to your ideal with such awareness of its reality that you begin to live the life of the ideal and no longer your own life as it was prior to this surrender. He calleth things that are not seen as though they were, and the unseen becomes seen. Each assumption has its corresponding world. 
If you are truly observant, you will notice the power of your assumptions to change circumstances which appear wholly immutable. You, by your conscious assumptions, determine the nature of the world in which you live. Ignore the present state and assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Claim it, it will respond. The law of assumption is the means by which the fulfillment of your desires may be realized. Every moment of your life, consciously or unconsciously, you are assuming a feeling. You can no more avoid assuming a feeling than you can avoid eating and drinking. All you can do is control the nature of your assumptions. Thus, it is clearly seen that the control of your assumption is the key you now hold to an ever-expanding, happier, more noble life. And I completely agree. One thing that I have forgotten Um, which is part of, of course, the law of assumption is to feel the feeling of the wish fulfilled. And one thing that I do as part of, uh, I guess, practicing the law of assumption daily is affirmations. Um, And what I definitely um, tell you guys, especially when I, because I do post affirmations every day on my, the gratitude chick page on Facebook. And, um, one one thing when you're saying your affirmations daily, inject the feeling into that affirmation. You know what I mean? And choose affirmation that affirmations that correspond with the assumption that you are building in your life. One of my assumptions that I am building is great health. So every day as part of my magnificent three, um, when I get to the gratitude portion of it, my gratitude, I say, is I am so happy and grateful for another day of great health. Um, being healthy every day is my life's goal because I believe in stating and saying what I am grateful for, why I'm grateful for it, and then end it and wrap it all up with thank you, thank you, thank you for whatever it is that I'm grateful for. So I'll say, I am so happy and grateful for another day of great health. Being healthy every day is my life's goal. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for another day of great health. That is how I say my gratitudes or my gratefuls every day. I am so happy and grateful for another day of life. It is my joy and my pleasure to live another wonderful day. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for another day of life. And and that part at the end where I say thank you, thank you, thank you, that is when you inject your feeling into it. But the part where I'm, you know, trying to describe my assumption of great health is once I say it and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for another day of great health. My affirmation for that is I am healthy. I am healthy. I am healthy. And then I go through, you know, parts of my body that may, you know, ail me and and say that I am healthy. Like for me, it is um, because I was diagnosed with gastritis I go through you know what ills gastritis for instance I'll say after I say I am healthy three times I'll say my um, GI tract is healthy my stomach um, my stomach lining is healthy my joints and bones and ribs are healthy I am healthy 
And the reason why I say it that way is because those are spots on your body when you have gastritis that will be in pain. So I go through those to say that I am healthy. And the more that I inject feeling of the feeling of being healthy into those, you know, those words, the more I feel healthy. And we know that we manifest through our thoughts and words and feelings. So that is kind of my assumption and my affirmation and my gratitude while I'm building the assumption of great health. So that is just one part of it. That's just one part of it. So I thought I would give you guys that example um, so that you can build your assumption. Find, you know, state what your assumption is, put gratitude around it, get an affirmation around it, and tie it all up in a bow by injecting the feeling of the wish fulfilled in there. So I hope you guys um, enjoyed these few chapters. I did. I definitely did. And and I like um, reading, you know, Neville Goddard because he gives you a different perspective that, you know, may not be around in 2022, you know. So I, I really enjoy reading his works. So thank you guys so much for tuning in to listen today. Don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talks with the Gratitude Chick. I am your host, Luanza, a.k.a. The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Thank you.